You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is March 13th, 2021. On the show today, we were discussing a full week of Nationals baseball and spring training down in West Palm Beach, Florida. We'll talk about the outings and the various pitchers, uh, kind of lineup configuration as well, too, and some other news and notes from the week in baseball. First, let's let you guys know today's show is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room, guys, is a cool new app. Basically, it's like an audio chat room where you guys can get in there. It's, it's almost like Reddit, but audio. Uh, I'd say audio version of Discord as well. And I'm going to be hosting some rooms there, too, so we'll have some more information about that in the upcoming days and weeks. All right, let's get to it. Okay, so the Nats played four games this week. They'll play a fifth on Saturday. And hey, look, it's an undefeated week for the Washington Nationals. They had two wins, no losses, and two uh, ties. So obviously, you know, the spring training, there are ties with the innings. Sometimes the game is being a bit shorter, but you know, that's just how it works. We're going to work backwards. So we're going to start with the most recent things that have happened and then uh, work our way back through the week. So we'll start yesterday, or excuse me, on Thursday, the Nationals 1-1 tie against the Miami Marlins. Uh, once again, game I tried to find, could not really, was able to find some clips um, and was able also to find some, you know, the post-game reaction and whatnot. And in this game, the real thing that had stole the show, real thing that was a big talking point, was Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin in this game went three innings, gave up two hits, two walks, and had three strikeouts. Keys here were, you know, the, the changeup looked good. Uh, breaking ball, he threw a 65-mile-an-hour breaking ball as well. And then I think the real thing everybody's talking about is, is velocity uptick. Uh, he was throwing a bit faster. I believe he was up into the mid-90s uh, with his fastball. So that is a huge key for Patrick Corbin. And look, he, he is one of the pitchers who talked about how difficult it was with COVID last year and how um, not having a standard season really hurt him. And uh, he was looking forward to the opportunity to revamp, um, you know, kind of do it normally, right? Go about your work in spring the normal way. And so I think he's one of those guys that we have to look, uh, you know, on a performance-by-performance basis and assess how he's doing. And if he begins to look like the Patrick Corbin uh, that we're used to seeing, right? And that's something that we want to look at, um, you know, as we move through the spring. And I think especially once the season starts, that's really when we want to start taking a hard look at Patrick Corbin. I think Davey Martinez has been very honest and said, look, you know, I've noticed some market improvements in both his mechanics and uh, in his ability, you know, just throwing the baseball in general and and where his stuff is locating and, and whatnot. So there are some encouraging signs here for Patrick Corbin as he begins his 2021 campaign. Now, obviously, once again, you know, it's still early uh, as, as we're looking through the starts. But, you know, his first start, he did have a give up a run, uh, give up two hits, and then had three strikeouts. So, you know, he's one of those guys that does such a good job of generating the swings and misses. And I thought he left a lot of stuff over the plate last year. And he talked about his fastball command after the game and saying, yeah, my fastball command is is improving and he feels better about you know where he's throwing that pitch right now and I think he's throwing he's feeling a lot better about his control in general with everything he's throwing so stuff to watch as Patrick Corbin moves forward here 
uh, into the spring. And one of the other notes in this game, I mean, I don't know how many exactly it has been, but Victor Robles has been hitting first a whole lot for the Washington Nationals here in spring training. Um, lineup configuration is one of those things that we're always going to be looking at. And this season is one of those where we especially have been in tune to the lineups that the Nationals have been putting out, right? Uh, it's something that everybody is, is wanting to take a look at. And once again, guys, have no fear. Just Pierce Juan Soto was a little under, under the weather this week. So that was kind of the story um, in, in that, you know, he should be okay. So I know there were some days where Juan Soto, uh, you know, there is there was some concern about Juan, but but he was removed the other day for what we were told, I believe, was an illness. So the lineup that we saw on March 11th, and we're going back another day here, or excuse me, it's still um, that Marlins game from Thursday. Think there's a chance that this could be the opening day lineup potentially, maybe you know, you never want to read too much into stuff, but this was the lineup here: Victor Robles in the center field. Juan in right field hitting second, Trey hitting third at short, obviously. Josh Bell playing first base hitting fourth, Kyle Schwarber in left field hitting fifth, Starlin Castro at second base hitting sixth, Jan Gomes catching and hitting seventh, Andrew Stevenson uh, was the DH here, and then Carter Keyboom was hitting uh, ninth. So technically speaking, ninth. They did not hit Patrick Corbin. Um, in the spring training game, I believe. I don't think they hit the pitchers. Uh, nonetheless, you know, the big point here is that, you know, these guys, um, this this might be the lineup that we see opening day, right? Depending on matchup, you know, obviously we heard Carter Keeboom last year and then they played Estrubal Cabrera in the opening day. Uh, we saw a lot of him early on, depending on the matchup. So uh, they've made a big push. We've seen it a whole lot in spring training. Victor Robles leading things off and, uh, in spring training so far, you know, it's it's not gone great for him, but he's been trying some different stuff, you know, trying to lay bunts down, uh, get on base. And so we're beginning to see, you know, a not, you know, not progression, I guess, but we're I think we're going to see the mind work, right? The way he wants to develop into a leadoff hitter because they've hit him uh, there a bunch. He's, you know, hitting 125 this spring, but a 417 on base. And he's done a very good job seeing the baseball, working walks, and, uh, you know, the one to get that average up. But mostly they want somebody to set that table so it doesn't have to be Trey Turner and so they can drive in some runs. All right, that, that's really what they want to do is they want to find that, um, you know, they want to find that guy who can get on and let Trey and Juan work from the back because those two guys being your entire offense is just not is not going to work this season they've been very honest about it i've been very honest about it and so that's something that we're looking at here and, and look victor's been there basically you know i'm trying to look at the lineups right now i can't think of a day where where he wasn't there um you know they ended up having to take one out right so they went with they ended up going with robles and then i think it was pretty cool that they put stevenson uh second and then trey turner right it's almost like they really want to hit trey in that three spot. So there was some shoveling, uh, shuffling rather, shuffling around once we had the um, you know, the news that Juan would not be playing. Other lineups that we've seen, this is one, uh, this is from March 10th, Andrew Stevenson, Trey Turner, Starlin Castro, Kyle Schwarber, Josh Harrison, 
uh, Alex Avila, Hernan Perez, Yasmani Tomas, Jordi Mercer. So not a lineup you're going to see a whole lot out there, but some ideas maybe with Andrew Stevenson hitting that first spot. Not something, once again, I think we're going to see long term. But if you're going to play around with your lineups right now, now is the time to do it on uh, the ninth. Victor Robles, Andrew Stevenson, Josh Harrison, Josh Bell, Luis Garcia, Jan Gomes, Yadiel Hernandez, Carter Keboom, Yasmani Tomas, and then Steven Strasburg. Um, you know, once again, they don't hit, but they, they are there just for, for the sake of that's the lineup. And then I'll take you back just a little bit further to the eighth. Victor Robles, Trey Turner, Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Ryan Zimmerman, Kyle Schwarber, Stalin Castro, Alex Avila, Carter Keboom, and Joe Ross. So this lineup here, it, it seems like more something that we would actually see. Victor Robles hitting first, Trey Turner hitting second, Juan Soto hitting third, Josh Bell hitting fourth, Ryan Zerman hitting fifth, Kyle Schwarber hitting sixth, Son Castro hitting seventh, Alex Avila hitting eighth, Carter Keboom hitting ninth. Um, and once again, Josh Bell was there because there's a DH, so he and Zerman, one of those guys would slip out of the lineup. Uh, Joe Ross obviously move in to, to hit in this situation, but you know we're looking across the board here. I think... I'm interested personally outside of the huge conversation that we've been having uh, about the front two or about Trey and Juan. I'm super interested in the Schwarber and Josh Bell dynamic, where those guys are positioned in the lineup, because that's a huge key for what the back end is going to look like. We've had a, a lot of conversations on this very show about that back end of the lineup, what we think it could look like. And I, I think they've got some capable guys. You know, if they wanted to go the situation, I mean, you know, they're going to obviously be able to hit Zerman and Josh Bell together in very few occasions. Um, it's not going to happen a whole lot. But, you know, I think uh, what do you do with Bell and Schwarber, right? Do you put Stalin Castro at fifth and maybe leave Schwarber towards the back and hit in sixth? No, I, I wouldn't do that. But. But, you know, what are we going to do? If we're going to lead – if they're going to lead off of Victor Robles and go Trey second, one, third, you know, I'd say either Schwarber or Bell fourth and fifth. You know, I like Castro at sixth. I like having uh, Jan Gomes at seventh and then Carter Keebum at eighth. I, I would almost hit Carter further up um, just to, you know, just to put some kind of a pop back in the lineup or, you know, hit Carter – and the ninth spot and hit the pitcher eighth. Just I'm a big fan of trying to give the top of the lineup some opportunity. And uh, I, I think Terry Collins did it for a long time hitting the pitcher eighth. There's multiple schools of thought on that, but I'm somebody who believes in that just so you can, you know, try to turn over the lineup with some success. That's my personal view on it. Once again, everybody's mileage varies on these kinds of conversations, but but that's what I would do. Let's go back to that lineup though that we that I talked about uh, kind of a couple minutes ago. I do think there is a chance that this could be a opening day type lineup that we see. So once again, Victor first, Juan second, Trey third, Bell fourth, Schwarber fifth, Castro sixth, Jan Gomes seventh, Steven, Stevenson eighth, Carter Keboom um, ninth. So let's slide out Stevenson. Let's act like he's not playing. Let's act like Patrick Corbin, who's pitching that day, is going to be hitting. Uh, Robles, Soto, Turner. I'd flip. Trey and Juan, but, you know, I think it's it, it's up to you. Mileage varies. David Martinez knows more about baseball than me. So we'll just go with that. Josh Bell and Schwarber, the, in that order. And then Castro, Jan Gomes, Carter Keboom, and Corbin. Like that a lot. I like that a lot. I think it's a very competitive lineup. And then, obviously, you, you flip Bell for Zimmerman on those days where uh, you're going to end up facing left-handed pitching just because of the way that Ryan Zimmerman crushes lefties. 
uh, Josh Bell not as good against left-handed pitching, and that gives you a real advantage with that platoon at first base. And if Ryan Zerman does hit, what I would do is I would slide Zerman back to fifth and then move Schwarber up to fourth in that situation. Or maybe even move Ryan Zerman just back a bit further in the lineup just to, you know, pad that back end um, there, depending on how he's performing. If he's performing really well, obviously hit him further up the line. But, uh, you know, if, if there's a chance, you know, he's doing pretty decently, right, maybe you, maybe you slide him backwards just a bit to help out the back of that lineup. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I'll talk about some more pitching performances this week, notably from Max Scherzer, who had a really nice outing uh, earlier in the week. We'll talk about that next, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the only place that we trust. It's the only place that has you covered wall-to-wall for your sports action. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college hoops, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even has uh, awards TV shows and reality TV show lines as well, real-time updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your wagers and bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device, or on your computer today, and receive your 50% deposit bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus. So if you deposit 100, they'll give you an extra 50 to play with at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Also, go check out Locked On today, new podcast in the Locked On Podcast Network. Peter Bukowski gets you set every single day, 20 minutes, the sports news you need to know uh, going in to every single day. It's a recap of last night, kind of a preview the next day. It's a very good podcast. I recommend it a lot. It's called Locked On Today, wherever you guys get your podcast. All right, let's move back through the week that we just saw with the Nationals right now, and I talked about their tie one to one with on March 11th. Really, the the biggest performance that we saw, the most important performance that we saw this week, was when the Cardinals played the Nats. It was a three two win for the Nationals, and in this game, Max Scherzer had three innings. He pitched three innings, um, had five strikeouts, and I was able to contact Lucas Smith, who got a good look at this game. And so Lucas and I had a conversation about how Max Scherzer looked. And he and I, uh, you know, talked about it a little bit. And he said, um, you know, Flaherty and Scherzer dominated for the most part. And he said Max looked really sharp. He said Max was throwing more curves than normal, really trying to work on that breaking ball. And I think that's something that's worth doing, especially in those later innings. You know, you don't want him just out there relying on that fastball because he was challenging guys with fastball late in outings last year, and it wasn't going well. And so I think that's uh, something that I, it's really encouraging to see, right? A little bit better velocity also the other day as well. So seeing Max use that breaking ball was a refreshing thing to see if you're a Nationals fan. It's refreshing to see if you're Max. It's refreshing to see if you're Davey Martinez. And, um, you know, it was another really good day for Max. And looks like he's beginning to return to form. I mean, guys, a seven-time All-Star, three-time Cy Young winner. You know, he's, he's a World Series champion. But you know Max goes out there every single day and pitches like he's got something to prove, even though he does not. Some other good pitching news coming out of that game. Austin Voth gave the Nats two innings, two clean innings, might I add. Only two hits allowed, no strikeouts, but no runs allowed either in that game. So that was important. Stalin Castro had a nice two-for-three game with three RBI. Strong start for him, and you know I think they're so glad to have him back um, with the Nats. I mean, this is a guy that he just constantly hits wherever he goes, and he had a triple 
um, in this game and also had a two-run home run as well. So really did show you the variety there that Stalin Castro can offer. And that's something that we've been talking about, you know, last season when they first brought him in, right, was that, you know, he was just going to be another uh, really good bat they could add in the lineup. And you look at his numbers from across his career, but especially lately, right? You, you know, I, I don't want to go back to 2012 to talk about and project how Stalin Castro might do this this season. But uh, if you go back in the last two years, 2018, 2019, you know, he hit 278 and 270 with 329 on base and 300 on base. So a guy that gets uh, a lot of hits, right? Is a guy that's you know not going to always put the ball over the wall. Did have 22 home runs in 2019. But this is a guy that just consistently is able to hit, gets on base a lot, uh, not a lot of extra base hits, not a lot of power, but this is a guy who just kind of hits, right? So a nice hitter to have, a nice complimentary hitter to have uh, in the back part of your lineup. And I think they're just going to be glad to have him back and bring some steadiness because remember those 16 games he played last year, he, he did have a really nice, uh, he had a nice run. Right, where he hit 267, 302 on base, 450 slugging. And, uh, you know, once again, power was not totally there, but this is a guy that just kind of hits, right? This is a guy who just kind of gets on base. Not always the highest production, and that's not what they're going to ask for him, right? This, this team is not constructed to ask for a ton from Starlin Castro, but uh, he does give them a nice offensive boost. Yes, is it, is it the most metrically uh, pleasing offensive boost in the world? No, but is it a boost nonetheless? Yes, it definitely is. All right, let's take one more break, and then when we come back, we'll touch on some more news and notes from this week in Nats land. Uh, But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar out there right now, guys. Go to Built or Bar, excuse me, Bar underscore Built right now. And you guys, they're they're having a tournament right now. Uh, You know, it's March Madness, having Built Bar Madness. You guys can vote each day on what you guys think is your favorite and best Built Bar. Um, And then, you know, just go back and check back to see who won right now. But it's been a lot of fun to see that happening. And once again, if you guys go to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LOCKEDON20, you will receive a 20% discount on your next order. And you guys don't mind it. Bowie is in the back eating. You guys know Bowie the Nats dog. Um, Wearing his Nats scarf today as well. So it's nice to see. But yes, you guys hear Bowie or kind of a rumbling in the background. That is uh, the boaster. He He is alive and well right now. All right, so a couple more results this week from the Nationals in spring training. We just touched on their win uh, against the Cardinals, right? And I said once again it was a two and two week. Here's another one of those ties. Well, two and two, a two zero oh and two week. Another one of those ties was against the Astros, a four four tie. Steven Strasburg in this game, back on the mound, back in control. One point two innings pitched. Uh, one walk, but did have four strikeouts. And so, Steven, you know, this is a guy that, um, despite getting paid big money, I think just has so much to prove. Uh, and, and mentally, he is somebody that wants to go out there and prove that contract he's deserving of it. A lot of accolades for him to chase, right? A guy who's not gotten a Cy Young yet, you know, to, to be in that uh, award and an honor and distinction, it would be really important. I've said it a million times, guys, and you guys have heard me say it. I really do believe, I really do believe, at this point of Max Scherzer's career and at this point of Steven Strasburg's career, if these two guys are at their best, then they are, uh, then Steven's going to be a little bit better. I think at this point where both these guys are, you know, if, if they're the best of what they can be right now, I think Steven's ceiling is really high. And that's why they're paying him. That's why they gave him that big contract extension because they think he can be that guy. Um, and I think there's no doubt that we all, you know, believe he can be that guy. So, 
um, this season. You know, uh, obviously coming off injury, they're going to be cautious with him. I'm not expecting a Cy Young this year. Uh, next year, I'd say, because you know, I think they're going to be cautious with him. But it's good to see Steven Strasburg back and showing some of the elements of what made him such a spectacular pitcher. But in this game, clean innings uh, across the board from Daniel Hudson, uh, Will Harris, Javi Guerra, who they all think are going to be part of that bullpen uh, moving forward. So it's good to see clean, clean innings from all of those guys. And what you want to see from a, a run scoring perspective or driving in runs is how about those guys we're talking about fighting for spots? Are any of those guys involved? Uh, Victor Robles had a solo home run in this game, and Jan Gomes drove in a run that scored uh, Josh Bell and Luis Garcia. But you know, where are, where are where is the production? Is it coming from any of those guys that we talked about? And there's not much here. So uh, Jordy Mercer has had a decent spring so far. Uh, Hernan Perez has really been hitting the ball well. He's hitting 444 in limited time, albeit. But um, it's good to see him driving uh, driving the ball pretty well. And, Yadiel Hernandez, another guy that they brought in, uh, or you know, who's been around for a little while. See what he can do. Blake Swihart uh, is hitting 333. Once again, limited reps this spring. Yasmani Tomas, Tomas hitting 250. He had two strikeouts. So those guys are battling for those final spots, and it's hard to know really who is going to get those final roster spot or spots, uh, who they're going to go to, what they're kind of looking for, right? Or an outfielder, an infielder. Uh, they've got all kinds of guys in this camp right now. So uh, something else we are watching right now, and then we'll go to the final game of the last week. We'll work all the way back to Monday. It was a 9-5 to win for the Nats. Joe Ross got back on the mound for the first time uh, in spring training, got the win, but 1.2 innings pitched. Uh, three Ks, he'd have a walk, and he did give up, I believe, a uh, he gave up a home run, I think. Um, I know, excuse me, it was a sack fly. So, yeah, he did a good job in this game, and uh, the offense here was a story, you know, kind of moving the line. It, it's hard to do in spring training sometimes when there's, everybody's in and out, but uh, Hernan Perez, I just talked about, had a nice game in this one, and I think there's a chance that he is the guy just because he's one of those middle infielders. He adds depth. If they have to move, once again, if they have to move Castro over to third, Hernan Perez is somebody that would allow them to do so because he can slide in and help out at second base uh, alongside of Josh Harrison. So I do think um, there are opportunities there for Perez, who drew at a, who drove in um, uh, two runs. Uh, a, a, uh, an RBI or two RBI single, excuse me, in this game. So uh, he is the guy right now, I'd say might be the leader in the clubhouse just because based off of the performance, but you never know what Davey's actually looking for. So I, I think it's one of those things we're waiting to see, but it's encouraging to see that one of those guys is taking a step forward to say, hey, you know, you have reasons to pick me, right? It's not going to be one of those things where at the end of it, uh, Davey Martinez is just like, well, we got to pick one of them. And I guess he was okay. Now, I think Hernan Perez is actually making a case for why he should be, um, you know, should be somebody who makes a team. All right, guys, that'll do it for today. Uh, one thing I do want to say, you know, I apologize for content being a bit slower. You guys do know I do Locked On Big 12, and obviously the Big 12 tournament's going on. It's Commerce Tournament uh, Championship Week. Next week is the NCAA tournament. So luckily, all that stuff does wrap up right around when baseball begins. So uh, it's just a busy time for me right now. But, um, you know, still putting out episodes. Obviously, we'll still do it all the time. And go check out the Selection Sunday show uh, on Sunday. We're going to have it. It's going to be across the Locked On Networks, across the Tegna Networks. As well, so you guys will be able to find that if you guys go to Locked On Live, if you go to the Locked On Twitter account, it's gonna be on YouTube, Twitch, all those places. You guys will be able to see Ben Stevens and I break down the NCAA tournament. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. Mailbag uh, episodes will be coming up here pretty soon, and then uh, make sure you follow us, uh, me, it's at Josh Neighbors underscore, and then follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Until next time, my friends, please stay safe.